Uh, this is about as loud as I'm gonna get. I don't know, I'm gonna get- he's gonna get much louder when I start expressing myself. <laughs> this is about as loud as I'm gonna get. Alright, how loud can I shake my head? Yeah, yeah, you, you shake your head pretty loud. It's thunderous. <laughs> I guess, count, count us in, you know? Oh, yeah, okay. So, um, welcome everyone to episode 44 of Room of Requirement. Whoa. We actually do have a live audience this time. I, <laughs> I am always, am Kamala Shrao, one of your co-hosts, and with me is... I, I'm Miracle Jones. So, I, thank you everyone for joining us. Uh, yeah, so we are a podcast. I guess the the tagline is dedicated to resilience and and reason uh, in the time of Trump. However, we define that day to day. Yeah, so uh, I guess that's since that, there we are. So what what is it? Let's just open it. What is it on everybody's mind? What do you what do you want to talk about? Like what's what's on everybody's mind today? Like yeah, yeah. Does anyone have any questions? Or, yeah, money. questions, money. Like what what. Oh, Ooh, yeah. shooting. Yeah, just that too, yeah. Immigration. <laughs> a lot of subjects, a lot of subjects. Okay, so we have shooting, immigration, money? I uh, mean, like personal money or like the economy? I don't know, that's a weird one. I'm not going to touch yeah. that one. Uh, I'm going to start off with, I actually have a question uh, that I actually wanted to start the podcast off with. Okay, so all your questions, nuts to you. Well, yeah, you exactly. <laughs> I don't need a live audience. I just need... Um, my question to you actually is what you thought of what happened in Israel this week. So we'll start off with a nice, nice light topic because that's exactly what our podcast does. <laughs> Israel. Um, yeah. I'm trying to gauge what the audience is going to think about this. So uh, this should be fun. Yeah, I mean, fucking horrible tragedy, right? Like on every level. I mean, just like fucking nightmare that we're in, right? I mean, an unnecessary symbolic gesture leading to like total bloodshed because just like... You know, it's, that's what our lives are like now. I mean, it's just like endless darkness. So the uh, the transfer of the embassy to Jerusalem led to protests, which led to, you know, slaughter. Right? So I would, I would back that up. I it's not necessarily what the protests were about. Well, right. Right. So there were, right. they were well forecasted ahead of time. And so that Hamas was, and since Nakda Day is a big day, there were protests leading up to the transfer uh, of the embassy, so yeah, I mean, I mean, so I would say that it, in no, in some immeasurable way, it probably intensified the protest, but I don't think that's what the protests were necessarily about. Yeah, right. I mean, that's that's true. There's plenty to protest uh, in that in that area and in, in, in this time. Uh, I guess you know, generally speaking, I'm pro-Israel, anti-Likud, pro-Palestine, anti-Hamas, right? And that that's a pretty liberal position. <laughs> It's very standard. It's pretty vanilla, right? Is it? Uh, everybody's mad about this, but why? Why? So why uh, should it not wait, is be? It, is it actually? Do you think it's that vanilla? I, I, yeah. So I don't. I actually think you're one of the few far leftists that would actually refer to themselves as being pro-Israel. Uh, well, I mean, I, 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 I guess I'm, I'm anti. You know, Israel's a democracy, right? You know, like I, I I'm <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, no, no, it is a democracy. I, we, you can argue that it, it's a democracy that has a very antagonistic relationship with its with its occupied territories, for sure. But I, it's a democracy. 
No, you have a problem. Wait, you, okay. So the audience thinks that it's not a democracy. Wait, are you, do you think it's not a democracy? I mean, it's definitely a democracy, definitionally. <laughs> like, I guess, I guess, you know, it's. <laughs> yeah, there's a poli- <laughs> there's a political party in power that is fucking awful, right? And it's uh, it's undergoing a massive corruption scandal right now, and it's there's the possibility that he could be removed. Uh, for any, re- it's exactly the same position we are in, right? Like you've got a, a leader in charge that is, you know, I would say illegitimate, right? A political party there that, you know. Uh, sorry. Yeah. So the audience, it's not going to pick up. So uh, there was an audience comment, right? So, so uh, the question. No, I, 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 I don't. I just, it's going to be impossible if we start talking. So I'm more than happy to have comments. I just need to repeat them if that's cool. So the contention is that. Uh, Israel is yeah. not a democracy because Palestine is behind walls and not able to pa- uh, participate in Israeli society. That is, uh, that's almost exactly what uh, one of our audience members said. So I don't know. Uh, what do you think? All right. I mean, that's that's true. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I, I would disagree. <laughs> I, I, so, but I wait. Think, a- <laughs> but I, wait. I, I don't. I don't know how I. I'm on on the right of this conversation, but so I, I would disagree with that too. Um, well, I, mean, I go ahead. It's not. It's not. It's not a democracy to the extent that uh, the the people in Palestine are not able to participate in the democracy itself, or it's definitely not a democracy because that is true, right? What? Which? Which? What? I guess. I mean, I, I agree that to the extent that Palestinians are not able to participate in like Israel's any democracy. society, right? And then Israel is lessened as a democracy to that extent, right? But. We, we, you know, I don't think there's such a thing as pure democracy. I mean, to the extent that, I'm, oh, all right. I mean, <laughs> so, so the question, so do, should should Israel be? I guess that's another question, right? Like, should it, should it, should it, should it be? Should should it be there, right? Like, what should it be, right? If should it exist? So, uh, so I think. <laughs> so I, I so. No. <laughs> so um so. Um, so, yeah, yeah, no touching, no touching. I had to do this all the time when we actually <laughs> record because he's always thumping the the table too. So, one of the really trite conclusions I, I is that you know it's it's very hard to know what the steps are going forward, right, yeah. to solve the Israeli uh, Palestine problem. And I I actually think this is one of those issues that neither the right nor the left do a very good job of trying to figure out, right? I mean, I think the left has an instinctive sympathy uh, for Palestine and Palestinians. I think the right has an instinctive sympathy for Israel, um, which is a relatively new thing, say, in the last 20 years, which has always baffled me. I don't understand that, just because uh, the right at its fringes tends to be anti-Semitic, yet they still somehow root for uh, Israel. Um, but I don't know what the path is forward, and I would love to know what you think. You know, I, I like the idea of democracy. I think it's a... <laughs> I, I would like to see I would like to see every region in that area be like a a liberal as liberal as possible with like socialism on the side right like an opt in democracy right where you know Iran Israel Saudi Arabia just like I'd like them to be like Vermont right <laughs> but that's does that I mean is that is, is that is that bad I I don't know I mean that's what I want in my heart I want 
it's colonialism as well, right? So like, right. so so there's really no right answer for anything as far as this is concerned at all. Like you look at it, you you look at the mess there, and it's so, just like you know. So like, one of the things I think hands is, off, but then you get hands off completely. Like you you take yeah, out so and people is, just get slaughtered, right? Like it's, so it's, right. So th- <laughs> so I think what's happened recently is that is that Israel has <laughs> largely decided to see Palestine as a security issue, right? So yeah. they have no. I don't think Israel feels in any way that they have a long-term goal with Palestine other than to keep them at bay, right? So this is completely a security issue. There's no one thinking about what Palestine in 10 years or 20 years will look like. No one's trying to build diplomatic relationships, let alone alone, uh, economic development. Israel has been on the retreat from that kind of engagement with Palestine, let's call it that for any other time, for a long time, and that's – and that's part of the problem. The other side to that is that there's no pressure anymore from the U.S. to do anything more. Uh, there's no pressure on, from the U.S. to try to coerce or get Israel to have a more constructive engagement with the Palestinians in any way, shape, or form. I mean, I understand not liking Hamas, but I don't uh, – or trying to wash your hands from uh, – with them. Uh, trying to wash our hands of them, sorry. Um, but I don't n- – I think right now we're in a particularly bad point – uh, with Israeli and Palestinian uh, relations because of a lack yeah. – <laughs> because of where the U.S. stands and also what Israel's under Likud has largely done in terms of its lack of a relationship with Palestine. Right. I wish – you know, like it's this I, – I, I, I wish the conversation was about how do we dislodge Likud, right? Like how do you make Israel more democratic? How do you uh, bring in – you know, a party that more represents, I guess, what the world, how the world feels about Israel as opposed to having this extremely right-wing reactionary party with just such a large mind share in Israel. Like, they have a huge approval rating. Well, let's say the Palestinians could all vote, right? Let's say they're all citizens. Would that dislodge Likud? No, they would still be in power. They would be, it would be, you know, a very small minority voting against them, but they would still be in power, right? You know, in fact, they might be, have an even stronger majority because people would be, wow. Well, someone from the audience <laughs> is, is positing that we are trying to say. Well, as a leftist, that's what, you know, democracy means, right? You're on the left side of the French, of the General Assembly, right? And, and. You know, that's your anti-monarchy, right? That's what a leftist is. You could be something else, but a leftist is somebody that believes that democracy is a preferable solution to authoritarian monarchy, right? I think that's sort of an old position. Well, I mean, what does it mean? Otherwise, I mean... I am, I am no expert on Palestine. So the question was... Um, <laughs> I, I, how, when we're talking opinion, about democracy for the Palestinians, how do we yeah. account for uh, not only uh, Palestinians in exile, but also uh, children and, and grandchildren who don't necessarily enjoy the same kind of, uh, quote-unquote, right of return that uh, 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 Jewish people do to Israel, right? The problem is, is, is giving Palestine democracy is problematic if you believe that the... Jews have a right to be in Israel because two because the anti-Semitism is so embedded, right? And you can argue why that is or it isn't. But Hamas is a party that was popularly elected that still to this day wants to run the Jews into the sea. So that's hard. So that is a hard thing to grant. And we have to think about where we go as a state that one wants people to have a voice in how they're ruled and at the same time wants both people 
to peacefully coexist. That's not an easy solution. That's not just open the ballot box tomorrow. Actually, I think if you open the ballot box, it would be easy. Hamas would threaten everyone who didn't vote with Hamas, and then Hamas would once again be elected into power. That's how that would go. So yeah. what, are the, what, are the, what are the institutions we're trying to build? And the truth is Israel has no longer, is no longer interested in building longer-term institutions or even putting forward economic growth. Israel has backed away from any kind of in meaningful engagement other than security at a border. They moved their settlers out of the Gaza Strip. You know, they don't want nothing to do with that. Here's, here's, what, here's, what, here's what I would do, right? Like if I, I would, I would drop ship into Israel, right? And I would give it a Lebanon-style government. I would be say like, here's the. I'd be like, you have to have this many like you know, uh, Muslim seats, this many Jewish seats, and this many like X other seats, right? And just like fill them how you want until like there's stability. And I think you'd only propose that if you believed that Lebanon was stable, which it never was. Well, but it, it was a it was right. a hard power sharing scheme. It's a hard power sharing scheme, but I feel it like it really would be. It's like it would be a punitive like. You know, like UN peace, you know, keeping situation because, like, you know, we we would kind of determine that Israel's guilty of war crimes, which they are, right? So, like, that's a huge problem. Like, Likud should suffer for the guilt of their, you know, clear war crimes, right? And that would be my punishment to the state of Israel, right? That would be how I would attempt to solve this for like a generation, you know, and then we'd see where things went from there, but. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, how else what, do you get rid of Israel? Do you? I mean, how do you? Wh how do you install democracy by with two people who are antagonistic yeah. at best? One of whom has a giant. <laughs> one of them has. Neither of, them, of us are Muslim or them, Jews, so one of them who has we a are giant, not going to carry. One of them who has a yeah. giant like population Trust majority, right? Jewish. And is surrounded by like antagonistic countries on all sides, who they didn't, you know, like. They're not helping by antagonizing. You know, they they don't do a good job of attempting to make peace in the region themselves. So, but before, does anybody have an actual like, solution to the Israel-Palestine problem <laughs> that they're ready to be on the record about? What's up? What is? Does anybody else have? Does anybody have like something they've just been thinking about, like a pet? You got something? Yes, I've got a solution. C right. Cliff. Yes. All right. uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So the name's Cliff Cannon. Uh, my solution is uh, a zero state solution. It's actually like a complete recolonization of the region by a neutral party, and I was thinking Germany. So way to go, Cliff. That's a strong move. Strong move. I don't know, I don't know. You lost you know, me at the end. Really, Guess what word? They're a really good democracy, so. I mean, <laughs> and excellent colonialists. Well, just ask the Czechoslovakia. Yeah. No, let's, not, right. let's not give Germany. <laughs> Territory, <laughs> <laughs> the old one-state solution. All right, well, that's it. My my college creator or one of my uh, professor who taught the search for meaning was uh, he was all in favor of just taking the whole region and giving it to Disneyland and just like yeah, just making the whole thing just like uh, yeah, just the entirety of just like Holy Land, right? The theme park. <laughs> everybody's happy, right? Yes, I don't know okay, why. All right, all right, I don't I'm, have an answer. To okay, this, okay I'll, I'll, I'll let you off the hook. I'll let okay. you off the hook. <laughs> what do you got? No, no. Okay, <laughs> let's 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 open it up to another question, not about Israel. Um, to let get um to any. Uh, we're happy to talk about politics. Um, um, uh, since you already had a question, you. Oh God! Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> So someone asked about the Scaramucci 
Avenatti potential TV show, which I I have nothing to do with it. There's so so much to say about this. So, (laughs) to the bathroom with you. Uh, So, we've been dealing with German-American identity politics for the past couple years. We haven't really taken stock of that, but it's been really transparent, you know, like Trump and uh, a lot of these people, they're they're very German-American, right? And uh, so the... uh, (laughs) The, the the way to Deutschland's heart is as classically, I mean, as with a spear, is through the Italians, uh, which were, <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> which, which we're finally seeing taking place, right? So uh, I've gamed it out myself quite a bit, and all that needs to happen is the Democrats take power uh, in the House, right? Which is definitely possible, right? Then this impeachment happens, or, or Trump gets too tired, or whatever, right? Trump and Pence go down together because they're linked, and you know Pence is probably responsible for a lot of this uh, as well in the shadows. And then we have our first Sicilian American president, right? It's all coming Brought clear to you by a Sicilian American. <laughs> <laughs> so then you get Nancy Pelosi as president, right? And Scaramucci and Avenatti as the like two. Uh, uh, exegetes de- explaining everything uh, in charge of uh, that's that's what we're seeing it's, it's taking place everywhere you're seeing Giuliano melt down because he, he feels it in, in his heart right like he's he's doing the best he can like Italian Americans are really coming together to fuck over the Trump administration these days and it's quite something to behold and I, I as an Italian American myself I'm, I'm seeing it happen I'm feeling the charge inside and you know I, I we, we, we thought we'd never get a president but it seems like we might and that's very exciting to me uh, it, the only way we possibly Possibly can, which is through like uh, stabbing people in the back, uh, <laughs> which is this the, is just rife of like nationalist like <laughs> stereotypes. This uh, is ridiculous. I just want to point yes, this out. Yes, also, yes. most offensively, <laughs> pay most no offensively, to our plan. <laughs> most offensively, you have refute. You have conflated Sicilians with Italians, which oh. would, both of which would find offensive. <laughs> that you are not drawing that line, sir. There is a distinct difference. You Scaramucci, Avenatti, and Pelosi are all Sicilian, so maybe you're but right. But Giuliani maybe you're right. isn't. Maybe you're right. He's Tuscan. That's true. Uh, so anyway, that's. <laughs> So uh, we're seeing it happen in, you know, 2019, Pelosi takes over, and I don't know if shit's going to change around here uh, for the better. Uh, How does everybody else feel about Avenatti and Scaramucci? Who has an opinion about this? I enjoy them. They're very enjoyable, They're enjoyable. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, fuck the Russian mafia, right? Like, mafia is a Sicilian word, and we're going to take it back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Any other questions out there? Uh, uh, we'll get to you in a second, Todd. Sorry. Uh, a fellow Sicilian American. Hello. I no, see no, Italian. <laughs> so yeah. the question is a small one. It's about <laughs> trade policy and North Korean negotiations. Um, you want me to take lead? You want to take? Yeah, no, you should. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so here's um, so here's the deal for. Uh, so it's an interesting question, right? Like um, one of the th- one of the kind of the threads that I saw. So the, just to catch people up, so what happens is we're trying to sit down with North Korea. Um, this seems like a bad idea because what you have is someone, two people who are ill-tempered and not fitted, not fit to uh, to actually negotiate or think about things in the long term, and are, are very erratic. Sitting down to try to 
work out a long-term solution. So um, uh, this is a bad idea. As people think that you know it's all about the photo op and what and the real questions are what is Trump going to give up? Right? Like how how quickly is he going to get? Yeah. Uh, so unprepared. Right. I just heard the word unprepared from the audience. Which. Oh, yeah. oh, Kim, yes. Kim Jong-un is very prepared. Yes. So um, I, I, I think that's uh, – so I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But the idea is one of the, one of the pieces of news that came out was that Trump said – wrote in a tweet, which is now policy, um, that we are going to, that we are going to um, now allow uh, Chinese company ZTE to, allow, uh, to sell um, cell phones now uh, in the U.S. Uh, because Chinese jobs matter too. And too many people have lost Chinese jobs. So um, there are two ways to interpret this, and um, I, I'm actually, uh, I'll, I'll, I actually give them the, the benefit of the doubt. One is that it's just a corrupt bargain, right? So that China, that uh, Trump got in some ways bribed to uh, allow Chinese companies to sell um, cell phones back into the U.S. This company, in particular, ZTE, is very problematic. They were actually called out a number of times. This is a law. This is an injunction against um, them that has been there for like seven years, I think, during the Obama administration. Um, there's no reason for us to walk back what was effectively a security, domestic security concern. Like, it's a bad idea. Uh, cell phones in itse- are themselves a problematic. We are sharing a lot of information with our cell phone carriers. This is a hard thing to think about, right? Um, so why uh, are, do we do this? So is it a corrupt bargain? Did Donald Trump effectively get bribed, right? So there's some uh, Chinese money flowing into one of his Indonesian properties. I don't know if everyone noticed this. Anyway, so th- there are those threads. I actually think that he just kind of gave up a chip. He's like, hey, you help me out with North Korea. You know, hey, you, I'll give you this. Or they were like, hey, we'll help you out with North Korea if you do give us this because this is a big thing because we really want our manufacturers to be in your, comp- in your country, um, maybe for economic reasons, maybe for corrupt political slash spy on us reasons. Um, so the Chinese, I think, know what they want out of this whole set of negotiations. They want to not have to deal with Korea anymore, right? And they don't want the U.S. getting belligerent. The North Koreans know exactly what they want. They want fewer, uh, they want si- sanctions to be rolled back, and they want to continue to hold on to their nuclear uh, nuclear arsenal and capabilities. The U.S. wants a photo op. So it is utterly possible for all of these things to agree, right? Like, I mean, the U.S. gets its photo op because that's largely how deep our strategic thinking is. Um, and uh, North Korea says, yes, of course, we will suspend our, our, our whatever, our nuclear capabilities worded in such a way that they never do anything, right? Um, anything more than, than what's already happened. Effectively, I think their, what, their nuclear launch missile site was imploded, I think, in, yeah, in, in October. In October, so. yeah. So this is so this is the state of the negotiation. How what does this mean for economic policy? Uh, that's a larger topic, but I, I I think I have. But the idea is that Donald Trump is his own worst enemy, right? So like yeah. he has certain businessman instincts of how what a president should do for the government uh, and the economy. Um, some of it's good, a lot of it's bad. Um, but the idea is that it, when he wants to interfere and start trade wars because they're easy to win. Everyone knows that's a bad idea, and the only people who are in agreement with that are people who have some other transactional relationship with him. There's like, okay, let him spew a little bit because if he goes too far out on this like ledge of his, uh, Congress can reassert the ability to dictate trade deals. I think that's what the what the game Congress is playing because. As as soon as they started talking about ZTE, Congress started to actually do some stuff. So I, I th- either they passed a law or they're they're starting to consider passing a law to to rescind 
uh, that ability for Donald Trump to take back uh, to allow ZTE to to sell phones here. So if Congress it, always has the has the power of the trade, and they it, can take it back at any time. Yeah, if it takes Chinese market share of telecom in order to make people paranoid about their. Uh, telecommunications in general. I'm, I guess I'm for it. Like, I guess if people start thinking about, like, oh no, China could get my data as opposed to California, and they start freaking out, I, that's a great thing, you know. Like, uh, we would start thinking about what we give away more uh, passionately and racistly. I don't know, but th- maybe it would change people's <laughs> behavior in a way that would ultimately benefit uh, us. the The thing that I keep thinking about is to the extent that. China needs to seem, in a human rights sense, you know, better than somebody. They've always had North Korea, right? They've always been able to point to them and be like, ah, well, here they're way worse than we are. So whatever we do is justified. Look at North Korea. And to the extent that we needed to seem better than somebody, we've always had Israel, right? It's like, oh, look at, I mean, we're fucking crazy, but look at these guys, right? They're just doing whatever they want. And so we're seeing a reversal, right, where China is bearing, is is willing for North Korea to soften because they don't need to, because they can claim the world high ground against America, and then we have to double down on whatever Israel does because we, you know, have to uh, seem as if they are way worse than whatever we are, right? No, I disagree. Okay. I bring that I out in people. Love, <laughs> I don't love this moral high. I don't think we're motivated by having moral high grounds. We're not like, oh, we need to be better than so-and-so. If we're not better than so-and-so and we don't feel like it's worth it, we'll be like, fuck it, we're better than so-and-so for other reasons. Right, like we have a better, bigger army, or we have a bigger economy, or I guess, whatever. I guess we're, the point we're is, we're better be- at, at at our our natural garden aesthetic. Well, whatever, because, because we will pride the- ourselves on something else. We are <laughs> better on being more modest. Right. Well, we're, because we're on the trajectory of acting more unilaterally and and seeming like a, a just a bad actor generally on the world stage. Where Israel can be like that much worse than us now, whereas China's attempting to soften its image on the world stage, become a more humanitarian presence in order to invest in other countries and get other countries to invest in it. So therefore, North Korea has the ability to soften itself, right? And I think that's how what we're seeing play out on the world stage right now. That's just my opinion, man. Take it or leave it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, any other questions? Anyone curious about anything? Uh, no, really, <laughs> no other questions. I think I think maybe we've dug ourselves into the deepest hole imaginable. Oh, uh, then let's talk about immigration. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. This is how I uh, got through high school. Uh, I worked at I worked at the Katie Mills Mall. Uh, I sold incense on com- on commission uh, from a stand, which is quite a hustle. But uh, and then so John Hagee, who was one of the speakers, right at the he used to come. Well, look how far he's come, right? Like, but he used to his his biggest gig before now is speaking at the Katie Mills Mall, right? So he used to sell books there, right? This like guy, uh, and he had these charts that he would sell about like the end of the world and like the trajectory, all the things that he needed to tick off before. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. There's some things. really strong belief about yeah. where Israel needs to be geographically right. for yeah. some. Uh, there's a holy lot of prophecy. There's a, believe me, there's a lot of other things. A holy prophecy happen. be fulfilled. Like, it's not just that. I there's a lot of ducks am that need to Hindu. Be <laughs> so it just I don't know. I'm not. I mean, I, I'm I'm happy to talk about. Pro- yeah. So I mean, like I, I I I'm an atheist. I was raised Hindu. So this just just doesn't get to me. Um, but I will say that it, it is an important. It's a weird thing about how 
how strong a hold evangelicals in this country have in terms of particularly Israeli politics. Yeah. Uh, they do actually. Uh, there are other there are other like pieces of the politics too, right? So like they will throw up about um, birth control, right? How how USAID and how we fund birth control. And the other thing is actually, and this was sort of the insidious small story that people only got little bits about, but how. Um, how gay rights groups were funded, right, and how uh, LGBT causes were funded um, by the U.S. government and how um, often evangelicals went to fund anti-LGBTQ um, groups in places like Africa, right? And so they are very, um, they are very concerned about a, a, a small set of, of policies, but they are effective. And so 100%, I, I, what happens, though, is that... Um, the Trump administration is, is, in general, just kind of a weak administration, so they need to do things that are symbolic uh, to help kind of garner their core 30 35% support. So this kind of stuff doesn't effectively cost them that much, right? They don't have to get appropriations bills. They don't have to do that much. And they can come off as being cruel and aggressive and... I think they are. Because, yeah. uh, but, but that's the aesthetic. That's <laughs> yeah. the aesthetic. They're yeah. cruel and aggressive and fighting for the people who need to be fought for. And, and that's that 30% that is just going to rally behind Trump. Um, what, and so these are the, the... So this is kind of the aesthetic. This is something they can do that's short and symbolic. Um, doesn't cost them that much money and can kind of key into that like messaging of being uh, the crusader of uh, for these sort of causes. So it is a... Um, it is a weird aesthetic. I, I want to. I had this thought, and I, I shared it with you. But so I think that um, there is a mirror naivete on the left and the right when it comes to foreign policy. Right on the right, you think uh, they think that America is super mighty, and all we have to do is show a little bit of like anger and grit our teeth a little, and the world will bow before us. Right, and the, on the left, and you saw this during the Obama years, the exact opposite happened. It was like we are all we have to do is hand, uh, hold out our hand, and the world will will raise up and turn to democratic and, and shake our hands and that'll sit. All we have to do is show humility and respect to these people that we don't show, uh, that we haven't shown enough respect to over the years and they will become democratic overnight and sing our praises. And, and I just think that in general, American foreign policy is naive and ignorant. I'm sorry, the, the crowd, the, the crowd wants us to talk about abortion. <laughs> We're both. That's pretty easy, right? We're so every. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe we're being trolled at this point, which I really always, love. Always worth. Yeah. No, no, it's fair. It's a really interesting question, right? Because nobody thought about it, right? This was not something that came up during the entire Brexit debate, which is well, because right, again, yeah. it was a shallow. Right, and but no one. That's yeah, but they're yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and so it's a huge, really interesting question. I'm actually. That's one of the reasons I'm kind of pro-Brexit in a half-ass way because it makes Ireland so much better as a place to spend money and it becomes this like, you know, the, it, it is the 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 uh, Anglosphere EU country, right? That's that's it, right? It's the one country, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's great for Ireland. I mean, I guess it's terrible for England, but... I think there's absolutely <laughs> no controversy about how we feel about this, yeah. right? Like, it's a ridiculous thing that came out of a poorly thought out policy, which right. is Brexit. It's um, that is trying to back away from entanglements uh, with uh, larger European or global forces, and it's just a part of a, a sort of a reactionary turn to globalization, right? right. Which, so and so it is sort of. I think we're. I, I, 
I would guess that the mood of the room is that, hey, this is a dumb idea, and look, they are effectively eating their lunch on this. Sorry, they're just, you know, chickens coming home to roost kind of thing, right? I don't think there's any controversy, or well, am I so, missing? Is there, happens, like, is there going to be a Is there going to be a wall? Is, like, is, is there going to be, I mean, like, that's the, seriously, like, how do you police that? It's totally porous border right now, and that's been one of the things that's led to stability at all, right? So, our, uh, I mean, it's sort of obvious they'll have to harmonize the laws. They're not going to put up a wall. They're just yeah. going to harmonize the laws, and they'll get around that fudge. Or, or Northern Ireland. No, this is not going to be. Ireland. Northern Ireland. What is that, really? Right? So, so then, <laughs> <laughs> one state solution. <laughs> the, uh, no, no, no. I mean... It's it's inter- the DUP is in- in- fascinating, right? Because like uh, they're so fucking deranged, but that's like half of America, right? So we're so used to like this kind of politics here, but there it's just like it's only in Northern Ireland that you have this like really hardline Protestant, uh, like extremely religious political party, right? So it's fascinating to see how powerful they have become all of a sudden in the UK, and I don't know what the fuck that means. That's really going to be a real problem for the next foreseeable until Theresa May calls elections, which she can't ever do, right? There's no, it's going to be six years, right? Like when, you know, like how, and, and, and so it's, it's a real fucking nightmare. Like, I, I don't know. Do you have any ideas about <laughs> So the, the general flow of tonight is that the audience asks us question and just puts us on spot. Yeah, well, that's and, and happens no solutions of their own, <laughs> which is correct. <laughs> we're, we're, we've, but we've held no, no. I actually really like held, that. We've held ourselves up as some kind of expert, which we we are not. Definitely, we not. just <laughs> like to talk about. But we have a Go microphone. Ahead. Yeah. I do. I do. I, I'm happy to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the immigration. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. So I, uh, so obviously you need to hear our opinion. Yeah, um, no, 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 immigration, immigration. I'm happy to talk Nicely about immigration. Done. I, I, <laughs> I approve. No, but almost, I mean, almost Sicilian. I, I, in I your think, ability I, to steer the conversation. I think me too is also. Is, is, oh, no, 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 no. It's just. Can we? Can we go? I think it has like an. Un- okay. I, so I, I think it's good. I, one of the things I think is that the Me Too movement is going to continue to build momentum, and it's going to have, it's going to take, uh, it's going to claim, uh, quote unquote, scalps on both sides of the aisle. So you are going to see both prominent Democrats and prominent Republicans be brought down, and uh, it'll cause this weird kind of chaos within the within the next uh, in any electoral cycle, um, but especially going into the primaries, and and I think that's. Uh, I don't have money on, on who's next. I, don't, I, I wish I did. Uh, fucking Mike Huckabee, but all right. <laughs> I mean, I've had that money like for, you know. I mean, like, why is Sarah Huckabee Sanders so good at what she does? <laughs> because she's. I think it's also a bad idea for us to cast aspersions unless I'm like, hey, you know what? I actually I mean, know someone terrible, who did this and I'm willing to come forth with it. Let's not cast aspersions on other people's. Um, okay, so let's talk about domestic ag- immigration because I really want to talk about this. Um, so there are. So uh, I, a couple of podcasts ago, I was like, then what are the kind of main goals of the Trump administration, right? Yeah. And, and so what, what do they run on, right? What is the platform? And let's judge them by their own internal metrics of success. And one of them is that Trump promised to be tougher on immigration, right? 
And so this is this is something that I think the left has uh, a good deal of unity behind. Like this is just terrible. Like the language you use is god awful. The fact that ICE. Uh, the uh, how, and the border patrol, the customs and border patrol, has been empowered um, in a way that it's just on the margins has become far more invasive and far more cruel. Um, it says it's so on the margin. I think this policy, quote unquote, has been successful in the sense that you've been tougher and more cruel again on immigration. And this is the really sad thing: there hasn't been a major reform in terms of the law right so this is so if you guys were paying attention to the news you'll know that like so the farm bill died today right so what happened was that the freedom caucus largely voted down um the chance to vote on a farm bill farm bill is like one of those things that is like hey let's give to both sides democrats get food stamps the red america gets like farm subsidies right so like and then we don't and so like there was a it was a slightly more conservative version of the bill so they were trying to like bring in the republican vote it got shot down why did it get shot down because the freedom caucus wanted to vote on immigration why do they want to vote on immigration they will never pass anything that is more conservative through the senate the senate is 4950 uh and then like and, and they're much more they're much more centrist than the rest, than, than sort of that red meat core constituency of of the House. So why are they doing it? It's to prove that they will vote to be more cruel, right? So they will take us. They want to take a largely symbolic vote, only symbolic vote, to say we are here. We voted to cut immigration so that we don't get primaried, and so that's so that is where domestic policies is. And again. Cruel on the margins, symbolic, small gestures, and at the core, they can't really change laws because they don't have a popular mandate for it. So I'm sorry. So th- there was a question about the discharge position, uh, well, petition. Paul Ryan, like getting right. So the problem is that. Um, uh, so this is an interesting question about sort of uh, the discharge petition and and Paul Ryan's own kind of views on how immigration are going to uh, what he should do about immigration. Right. So Paul Ryan doesn't give a shit. Right about immigration politics, right? Like what he wanted to do, he already did, and he has delivered this hosanna from from like to his people, right? He's given the tax cut, right? And so he can walk away and feel like, oh, I did my part. I'm going to take a job as a lobbyist. Um, so and all he has to do is sort of secure his legacy over the next. Who's going to take Paul Ryan's advice? By the way, it's like, listen, here's what you really need to do, <laughs> right? He, like he's going to be the worst lobbyist of all. <laughs> <laughs> you could take his advice. He's, he's a very good kind of wonky um, budget for a uh, hawk for a Republican. I don't know. Anyway, if I would so uh, that, man. <laughs> I mean, you would. I mean, on the on, on the other side of the aisle, you would. But so, so I think the idea is that they want, no matter what the House wants to do, House Republican leadership wants to pull through as many bills as they can in order to do these kind of symbolic votes. Like, let's just see who stands up. Where do you stand? Okay, and then we'll pre- and then we'll do the thing where we vote. And in no way do we expect to actually do pass legislation, which would involve negotiating with the Senate, trying to ke- t- trying to reconcile a bill, have the Senate pass its own version of the bill, and then you kind of meet in the middle. None of that's going to happen. I think what Ryan wants to do is effectively say, "Hey, where do you stand? Who do you stand for?" And then you know the moderate Republicans will be like, um, "Yeah, I think that bill is good, but you know, uh, yes." And the and the the solid Republicans, the, the immigration officers will be yes, and then the Democrats will be like no, and that'll be that. And so, like, basically, you'll, you'll be able to uh, line, and then because the the laws that they're talking about are largely uh, about reducing immigration, um, but reducing the bad kind of immigration, which means 
I don't know, brown people. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, we'll. I think we'll continue to solicit the incoming of Swedes and Finns if you're worried about that. Probably not Finns. Finns. So I, th- I think right now we're in an immigra- we're in policy of immigration of of symbolism and cruelty for the f- far right. So, and again, there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure in the party that is very very hawkish on immigration, and that's not going to go away. So uh, um, that's that's where we are. Hey. Are you next? <laughs> uh, it depends on your gun laws, how willing you are. No, to I think. Wait, uh, as far as your status in this country, or are you are you just worried that the that the general infection of like crazy nationalism? Oh uh, yeah, I mean. Um, so I think I think it's so hard to move the needle on immigration because there's like this this uh, the Senate is really much more centrist. That I don't know what they will do to really change laws. What they will do though is slow roll bureaucratic um, initiatives, right? So, like, if you have to, like, process papers, believe me, that'll take another 50% in time, right? Like, they, that's just what they'll do. No one has an incentive to move quickly through the indivi- through the uh, immigration system anymore. That's my guess, right? So, like, just because now the bureaucracy is disincentivized to actually be efficient. They, uh, they see immigration as um, something that is generally not to be encouraged in this country. So that's... That's their aesthetic. It's terrible. It's stupid. We can go on and on and on and on about that, but I think this audience would generally agree, right? I mean, there's no point. I mean, am I missing something? I, I, I would actually love to be trolled by someone who disagrees with me on immigration, that immigration is generally good. All right. I always want that argument. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> is, there, is, there, is there any other question before we wrap it up? Uh, Qatar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because so Qatar... Qatar was the uh, clearinghouse for Iranian funds in the Arab world, right? So they were where Iran spent its money in order to spread influence, right? And so now we're seeing, I mean, one of many places, uh, and now we're seeing this all this come out that Qatar was bribing the Kushner family and all this stuff everywhere. So what does that mean for the Trump administration? What, what will be their stance on... Carter now that the Iran deal has been kibosh, right? Like, I, I don't know. It's really interesting. I have no fucking clue. Yeah, I, I just think that the nexus of corruption, one of the nexuses of corruption flows through Qatar, right? So it's very clear that there's like a weird... Cool ta- cool place to be right now. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so now that the blockade's over, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> maybe buy some apart- buy an apartment in Qatar, you know? <laughs> Seems like they're really good at looking out for themselves. Like, I am impressed by their uh, ability to play all the sides here. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things that unifies them is like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh, I, I never claimed to be a Democrat or a leftist. <laughs> I'm dark. I mean, come on. <laughs> you think the left likes dark people anymore? Um, anyway, so um, I would say that, uh, oh, my, fi- uh, so, I, I, so I think they get really uh, riled up about corruption. So actually some of the better reporting um, uh, on, on these kind of corruption scandals is actually from like right-wing media. Like, like you'll see like um, Red State, which is not the site that you guys should go on, but I, I kind of like. But they they come up like that on on corruption scandals because it, it is something that uh, plucks at those kind of uh, sensibilities. Anyway, 
Yeah. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. You don't know. It's, we're in a basement right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. We could be. Um, so w- what's interesting, though, I think is there's a nexus between the Kushners in particular and Qatar, right? Like, So like that is something that is going to be – that's just going to take digging. It's beyond the Mueller probe, and it's just this weird peddling of influence that is so reminiscent of any kind of third-world autocratic, hey, my kids, you just have to be able to talk to them. So that's where American democracy is, right? Like, I mean, I think that's shocking for – uh, Americans who think of their democracy as being pristine, it's not shocking for someone who understands, you know, how democracy is around the world. And I think everything went to shit when we got rid of, like, pork barrel, you know, and because country, because states can't make compromises anymore, right? There's like, not, in, there's no financial incentive to, yeah. to, to kind of bribe. Like, so when, you know, like, our great hero of the last, the leftist hero is Lyndon Johnson, but what he did was he worked <laughs> My with, hero, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you, he, he essentially doled out, you know, legally sanctioned bribes, right? That's how he got senators on his side. He would he would dole out pork barrel politics and that's just not it's not part of the it's not part of the game anymore. Went so. out went out in the aughts. Yeah. Uh, they they, they actually yeah. yeah. So um uh yeah, so I guess that brings us to the end yeah. of another as the as the uh colms to your Hannity, I feel like I have uh, failed again <laughs> to to uh I love the idea that I'm somehow <laughs> a right winger. <laughs> to respectfully Defend the, I grew uh, up in North yeah. Carolina. I was like a communist there. Like somehow I'm a raging Republican in this like in these like forty square feet. Okay. Uh, uh, thank you guys for enduring this. We'll do this again. We can't be stopped for some reason. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks again. Thank you guys for joining us. You've been a great audience. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.